Welcome to the Specifist. So I'm going to try and create like two segments for two different episodes tonight. Because what I want to try and do... Because one thing I've noticed that works really well that I do, that I've done in the past, is I make an episode throughout the week. So what I want to try and do is make a couple of segments in uh, this particular situation. Um... Let's sit here. So, um, in this segment of this episode, I want to talk about the illusion of the permanent state. It's actually one of the big, big problems. So, if you go back to one of my past episodes, especially from 2020, because I was actually looking for, and 2019 as well, because I was actually looking through my past episodes yesterday. I kept talking about, if you do this one thing, you'll find this permanent state. I stopped doing that about, like, two years ago or so, from what I can tell. But maybe about a year and a half ago. But a lot of my episodes, even some of the newer ones, maybe even... Uh, I made this illusion, this, this uh, mistaken understanding that says, Oh, if you do this one exercise, you could finally find some kind of permanent state. And this is a big problem. This is one of the big problems of covering, I think, in my opinion, because we're dealing with a situation where um, the mind is looking for that permanent state of mind that exists. <clears throat> so, sorry. To, to kind of explain this, I want to go deep into what I mean by this. Because this is really deep. This is something that I want to talk about over like a week span. Because I've noticed that if I prolong episodes by kind of doing a segment every day for like a week or a couple of days. Because I'm thinking more about this topic, I'm able to kind of like go deeper and actually, it's more practical. Like, sometimes I've noticed sometimes my episodes can get way too, like, uh, abstract and theoretical because I'm not spacing them out properly. Um, and there's something to this, too, because if you do this with writing, you'll find something, something similar. Like, if you're writing a book right now, I'd pause on that book for, like, three days and look at it, see what's wrong with it, and then go back to it and write in it. You know, correct those mistakes. That's what I'm doing here. That's what I want to try and do more of. It may not be a week-long process, but it will it'll probably be a couple of days at, at the very least, um, depending on the length of the episode. So I want to go into the permanent, the, the solution that mine has. It says, if I do this, 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 and this, and this, I will reach some kind of permanent state. Uh, you know, if I do this, I'm going to be happy. If I do that, I'm going to be happy. But if, you know, if I do this, I'm going to be enlightened. That's one of the uh, biggest problem, the biggest traps of this, actually. Because when you get into spirituality, people are telling you how enlightenment is amazing. And how if you become enlightened, you can, like, uh, what's the phrase? 
you it, this enlightenment is like permanent you know this kind of thing not all of them say that but some of them say it especially in buddhism i've noticed a lot of buddhism says tends to say this They're like oh enlightenment is permanent you know, this kind of thing. it's like in this universe nothing is permanent i want to go deeper into this in another episode actually because it was one episode that i made about like a year and a half ago called i forget what it called but it was really interesting basically going into how we don't all have how we don't have like us ourselves like the person you are right now just don't have all the pieces to the puzzle and i'm going to go deeper into this and why this might be um and I can, I'm going to be going into that a little bit in this episode as well because it goes into security and whatnot. So, kind of going into that specific topic here. We don't all have the pieces to the puzzle. We don't have all of the pieces, right? Um, and this is, this is uh, something the mind still hasn't grasped after all these years. Um, even if you do manage to get all of the pieces of the puzzle, no, the problem is that the world is always changing. You see, the thing is that you can't really be ahead of the world. Like this, the mind has this idea that if I do something, if I do the right thing, X, I can be so far ahead of the world that I can have a comfortable lead. And that may be true for like a, a week or a month or a day even. But eventually what's going to happen is that uh, you're going to find that others are climbing to your level really, really, really quickly. And you're going, what is happening here? I had a really comfortable lead on life. I had security. I had safety. But life is catching up to me right now. You know, this kind of thing. Because when we seek comfort over anything else we seek to and this this might actually be something to talk about in a deeper episode but we we uh when when we do this we actually create more of this separation between us and reality because we get used to it especially if it lasts for a long time like a day or a week or a month or a year whatever it is and we are so into it and whatnot it, it creates more of a separation uh, between you and reality. It creates more of a bubble between you and reality as well. And I want to... I have a bunch of topics that I want to... A bunch of episodes that I want to go into um, in, the, in the future. We'll see how that goes. But the... Mind says these things. If I have X, I'm going to be happy. If I have X, I'm going to be, you know, happy for a long time. You know, this kind of thing. It doesn't really think about what happens afterwards. Like, it doesn't realize that the afterwards is going to destroy that. Because eventually you're going to find something else that your mind doesn't like. Um, and so we we get we get this, like, illusion uh, from from spirituality. And it's not, it's not wrong... But it isn't uh, grounded in a lot of ways into reality. But we have this this uh, idea in spirituality that says everything is perfect. We you can you can find the space of perfection and peace and love and bliss, right? But the problem is nothing is permanent. 
not even peace, perfection, and bliss, whatever it is. And so if you seek these things, you may find them. It's definitely a possibility. I'm not denying that. I've, I've definitely found a lot of peace, um, bliss, and love, and all these things in my own journal. Journey? Journal? Uh, I guess my podcast is kind of like a journal, but... <laughs> Anyways, journal. I don't know why I said journal. Anyways, and that that's that stuff is great. But as uh, Eckhart Tolle says in the beginning of the Power of Now, all experiences come and go. This this is really what this episode uh, episode episode's wisdom is um, about is, is trying to to teach you is that all experiences come and go. But the mind has this, like, idealized version of what reality should be or could be. And then goes, oh, if I have this, if I can find some kind of state of permanent bliss, that's going to be amazing. You know, that's going to change everything for me, this kind of thing. But it's not possible. Life is not a... And I hate to, like trigger people because it's kind of triggering to you it might be triggering to you to realize this but life is not like a ladder like you you hear this expression of like uh climbing up the corporate ladder right life is not a ladder life is not some like mountain that you climb and you reach the top and that's it that's not there's nothing else for you to do at that point because life is infinite um, and, and I want to go into this in, in more practical ways because I, and I know a lot of teachers like actualized.org goes into this, but it goes into it in a very like, uh, psychedelic, uh, spiritual kind of way. But I want to go deeper into why life is infinite. Doesn't mean that like resources are infinite, but life is in some ways. Uh, I want to go into that in deep one day in a future episode. Uh, what I might end up doing eventually is uh, to remind myself, to keep myself reminded. I'll make like a a separate recording for myself called episodes that I want to make. Because I, I've noticed that I can't, like when I try and write things down, I often like forget way too quickly. So I'm going to just try it this way, see if it works better. Um, and then I can write it down as I... Uh, listen to it and and delete the recording if it comes to that you know this kind of thing (sighs) or once i get all the episodes um done because otherwise i'd like sit there and like do the writing but then i forget uh certain episodes when i'm writing like because it takes me a little while to write takes anybody a little while to write so it's easier sometimes to just record some of the shit but anyways um Uh, there was a tweet that I sent earlier this morning. I actually sent a couple tweets this morning, but um, I'm getting back on Twitter a little bit. At, um, you can find me at the specifist. Um, I have a bunch of tweets there from older tweets and newer tweets that you can look at if you uh, are interested. But the tweet basically went, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it basically went something like, "Life is a process." You will never reach a time in your life where you will find a permanent state 
whether that be happiness, awareness, peace, bliss, love, and enlightenment. I especially talk about enlightenment. Um, because I think it, it, this is the bigger one, because people, like, have this illusion that says, Oh, if I reach enlightenment, I will... It, it will be permanent, you know. Or they don't think about the afterwards. And I've noticed that actualized that Oregon does this. And I've, I've noticed this because he'll have these, like, awakenings with his, uh, with his uh, psychedelics. And they're not permanent. Because the next episode, he's talking about something else. And he's not as, he's not, uh, it, it doesn't seem like he's in the same state that he was. And so all of these states are impermanent. If you look for these states, if you look to uh, keep these states in place, they're not going to happen. It's not happening. It's never happening. It, it, it happened in, in you, if you uh, look into an example like Eckhart Tolle, um, who seems to find or have this kind of presence constantly. Um, that is extremely rare. And to be honest with you, I don't even think that's completely true. Because I think it, when it comes to this kind of thing, presence, it's not that he doesn't have presence, but I think that, uh, like anything, presence is kind of like impermanent. You'll find moments where you're more present, less present. And so what what's happening with him is that he reached such an extremely uh, strong level of presence that he talked about in the beginning of uh, The Power of Now, in the introduction, I think it was, that it was able to, uh, he was able to stay in it for a very, very, very long time and still able to stay in it because it was so large, you know. It's almost like if you have <clears throat> an ocean, right? You know, an ocean, water can vaporize in the air, but it takes a very, very long time to do so. You know, this kind of thing. Um, and so, it's not that he is constantly at the same level of presence, because even he has admitted uh, directly or indirectly, it's more indirectly as far as I can tell, that the presence isn't always as strong as it was in that beginning moment. Um, but that presence was still there. Um, but even he, he uh, admits that that's pretty rare to have and to experience this kind of thing. It's really interesting that he admitted that most teachers will not admit it, or if they do, they do they do it in like a uh, indirect, like very indirect way by pointing out like impermanence. Uh, and I'm not blaming him for it. It's it's perhaps easier to do it that way because it, it doesn't like involve a lot of like um, negative uh, I don't want to call it, call it uh, sorry I'm burping a lot right now uh, anyways I wouldn't necessarily call it negative thinking but like uh, negative uh, connotations I guess or negative uh, I think of a simpler word for those who know, don't really know what connotations is negative uh, idea um, basically um, it might create uh, this idea in people's mind it might this um, kind of understanding might create a negative um, assumption in people's mind like this is bad this is wrong or whatever you know <clears throat> 
trying to think of a better word, but that's good enough for now. But the truth is, is that all of this is impermanent. Um, it's not to say that it isn't important. See, one of the things that I think nihilism makes the mistake of is it, it says that because things are all, because all things are impermanent, all things are meaningless, right? And in a sense, it's kind of true, right? All things are meaningless because most meaning is created by you. All meaning is created by you or society. But that doesn't mean it isn't important. You know, all things are impermanent, right? That's, that's, that's pretty understandable, right? Um, but meaning and importance, they may sound the same, and they are in some ways, but they're very different. In, in a lot of ways, because usually meaning has more to do with your story about things. Like, oh, I've I had the, like, for instance, a good example is like meaning. Uh, like if you have a meaning like that says that life is meaningless. That's what nihilism says, but that's actually a meaning that you put onto life. That's a, that's a description that you have about life. That's what a meaning is kind of more or less. <laughs> like if you're nihilistic you may not realize this but it is it's technically a, a meaning that you put on life i talked about this in the episode about deconstructing meaningless that i did meaninglessness that i did a couple months ago was it last year i think it was last year might have been a couple months ago but anyways um it was called let me look at it right quick Easily called understanding the meaningless. I'll, I'll probably, uh, if I remember, put it in the description. Made about. I don't remember, but it was like made last year. Pretty good episode. I want to make. I want. I want to probably go be, improve that in a deeper uh, episode because that was mostly just me kind of working through my own story. And I want to go deeper into the structure of it because it's it's really interesting how nihilism. Uh, doesn't like it doesn't go far enough in a lot of ways when it comes to meaninglessness. It's it's funny as hell. Um, but um, going back into the topic at hand here, uh, the permanent state, the illusion of the permanent state. Why why are permanent? Why are uh, why does the mind have this illusion? Right? What what causes that? You know, I want to talk more about that perhaps in the end of this episode. But I think what I want to do more right now is do uh, the practical uh, understanding of, of uh, what I'm talking about here. Like going to examples of, of things that this applies to. Like it, it applies to everything, but I want to go into some common common examples. How this like influences your life and other things like this. And another segment. So like we'll talk to the next segment of this episode. So I want to get into some uh, examples here uh, when it comes to permanency. What is permanency? What does it look like? 
honestly. So, what is uh, the illusion of permanency look like? Because it's easy to do this. So, one second. <laughs> I'm getting comfortable. I'm actually laying down right now, so if it sounds different than it was, that's probably why. About ready to go to bed, but I'm gonna try and give you a couple examples, some really good examples from from your life, from our lives. I'm trying to make this generally as general as possible so it works, but specific enough to where you can understand it. Because I'm I'm really starting to understand why people don't understand what I'm talking about. Um, more, at least. There's a saying, it might trigger you to hear this saying, but it the saying basically goes, tell me like I'm five. <laughs> I like the saying because it's like, and not everybody's going to understand you, so you have to speak a little simpler. Uh, I like a, it was a phrase that Einstein said that I really liked. I think it was Einstein. Basically the phrase was, um, make, every, make um, all of your explanations as simple as possible. Uh, in a way that explains reality, but no simpler. Something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but basically that's the uh, the phrase. It's a really good phrase. I really love that phrase. But anyways, let's get into examples and ways in which this, this kind of thing can work and, and control your life. So, I'm not sure what it is, and I'm not sure exactly what causes it, but the mind attempts to basically kind of like create a separation between you and the world, create a, a sort of like a, a layer between you and uh, whatever it is that you don't like. Between you and discomfort, between you and disordered, between you and, you know, some somebody who's annoying, whatever it is, right? Um, <clears throat> I don't want to get into that one day, because I think this is a useful thing, but it can go a little extreme sometimes. But uh, it works in many different ways. It works with, like, this, this particular topic. It works with other kinds of topics. So... I give you an example. Uh, doing the dishes, or not, you know, doing, you know, being by yourself. That's a good example, actually, because sometimes people want to be by themselves for extended periods, uh, and uh, extended periods of time, and you want to do, you know, whatever it is that you particularly want to do. Right. It's a good example of a, a state. It's a permanent state, but it's a state that you want to stay in for a time. So, 
the person involved. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I went a little far further there than I wanted to do there. But say that happens and you're, you're, you still want to stay but yourself. And somebody knocks on your door. You're like, what the hell? This person is annoying. Or this person is interrupting my quiet time. And you answer the door or whatever, right? Um, so imagine a time, too, where um, you didn't want to do the cleaning or you forgot about cleaning and you wanted to stay in a state of peace. You forgot about cleaning certain parts of your room. Uh, and then maybe you look at the mess that you created because you never cleaned it or somebody else does it does and goes, I can't believe you done you did this. You didn't clean your room. This is ridiculous. You know, are you a pig? Are you? Do you live in a pigsty? You know this kind of thing, right? <laughs> um. So. The mind. What the what the mind does. Is it creates. A kind of uh it doesn't really create it's more like what happens is that it says that if I get this I'm gonna be peaceful if I do this I'm gonna be peaceful but it never thinks about what happens after that peace if after somebody comes and it uh, disrupts your peace your happiness your whatever it is because you're relying because it's not just that you're wanting peace which is fine Actually, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with wanting peace. But the problem happens when you're... Uh, the way that you get peace, you know, being by yourself, having quiet time, you know, is the way that you do this. There's two basic ways to get any kind of emotion. What most people try and do is they try and get emotion by doing things. If I... Work somewhere, I'm going to be happy. If I get a lot of money, I'm going to be happy. If I uh, find a good house, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to find a lot of peace. You know, things like this, right? Um, but actually, that's the wrong... That's the... Uh, that's not the right way of doing that. That's not the right way of uh, getting the, the emotion that you're looking for. Uh I might talk more about this in another episode because it's something that I've talked about a little bit in the Powers That Be, but I want to go really deep into this. Powers That Be is a book that I've, wrote, uh, that I've written that I still need to finish, but the... So the mind cre tries to create the, like this layer between you and reality. So... Uh, not maybe not all of reality necessarily, like, but between you and something that you don't like, right? Between you and reality, between you and a certain part of reality, between you and your fear. So my, your mind creates like a compartmentalized psyche to where you start like you suppress your emotion of fear. 
when it comes up and you don't think about it and you start doing things to create peace uh like drugs or whatever it is you know most people have a, an outer world paradigm when it comes to this paradigm it's called the be do have paradigm a lot of law of attraction people talk about it i don't use it for law of attraction i use it to uh change experience but it can be useful for law of attraction it can be useful to change experience very 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 useful uh, and the mind because the reason why the mind does this is because of survival right it like for instance a good example of how to, to explain this explain it to you like you're five right <laughs> is uh to think of like what do you do if you were in a deserted island but you knew you've seen on this island a bunch of animals that might come to attack you at night you know some bugs some mosquitoes maybe maybe a snowstorm whatever what are you gonna do you're gonna create a, a layer between you and this, this reality is it wrong to do this? No. It just depends on how many layers you have between you and reality. And it depends on uh, if you depend, uh, over, overly rely upon these uh, barriers to keep you sane. Because the barriers are going to fail. Some of these barriers are going to fail very quickly, very easily. Uh, it may be upsetting to hear this, but it's true, right? So the answer to the uh, solution is understanding and switching the paradigm from do to have to be to be do have. Most people have it backwards. Most people think if I do the thing called work, get a job uh, until I can afford a house, I can have the house. And be the thing called peaceful. Be the thing called happy. Right? Um, but that's not how emotions work. I mean, you can get happiness this way, but it's very temporary and it's very fickle. It's a very... Uh, there's a, there was a line, I think it was from Harry Potter. It's funny. I think it was uh, Lockhart in the second book. One of the things that he said, I think it's really funny. It's it's really correct. No, it's it's uh, basically this the uh, the phrase was fame is a physical friend, Harry, or something like this. <laughs> and happiness, happiness is a physical friend if you rely on outside things for happiness. If you rely on outside things for peace, for comfort, for love, for for joy. Always, always, always look inwardly and. Find them and and uh, feel them inwardly. I want to go into how to do, how to do this in an episode because this is something I think people need to feel uh, and figure out. Um, because it's something that I think most people struggle with. Most people are, are doing it the other other way, which is causing them a lot of struggle, causing them a lot of problems. You know, you're dealing with a lot of people who are. Afraid to let those barriers down. And there's a lot of these barriers. I mean, there's so many examples of these barriers that people have. And I've had these barriers myself. 
um, you know, so I want to, I want to try and name some barriers here and give you some examples. So, all of these have to do with fear. Fear of something. Fear of, uh, being killed. Fear of, you know, being left out in the cold if you're like, you know, have, have, if you didn't have a house, if you didn't have a shelter. Fear of being attacked. Fear of being robbed, being stolen from. Fear of, uh, you know, being rejected if you showed all of yourself to somebody. A fear of losing somebody if you uh, were too honest with them, you know, this kind of thing. A fear of yourself. Sometimes you have a fear of yourself. Oftentimes, I think what happens is we have a fear of ourselves because sometimes our minds are too intense for even ourselves. And we're like, this should not be a thing. We need to separate ourselves from this part of ourselves so that we can feel more peaceful. We can feel like we are more stable than we actually are. Um, a fear of losing oneself in a relationship. A fear of uh, you know, missing out. You know, that, that's a thing that people talk about, a FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, it causes a lot of problems because people then try too hard, and they and then because it's not just about missing out, because uh, there's there's a lot of things connected to this fear of missing out. Actually, there's a lot of things connected to some of the other ones too, and I might deconstruct a lot of these fears in other episodes. But one of the one of the when it, when it comes to fear of missing out, it's not just fear of missing out that you're dealing with here. Right, like if somebody does something and you weren't aware of it, sure, there's that fear of missing out, but there's also like a fear behind that, like if, because you want to keep in contact with these people or many people in life, and so if you don't want to make waves, it means you might suppress part of your part of yourself so that you won't miss out, and you will, <clears throat> you know, maybe. I put on a mask every day, like a mask, like a, not like a physical mask, but like a mental mask that makes yourself seem more cheery than you really are or whatever. For the fear of rejection, the fear of losing someone, the fear of uh, losing that um, thing that you would be missing out on, whatever it is, a fear of being single, the fear of... Uh, not finding that special person, the fear of whatever it is. There's all kinds of these kinds of fears, too. It's it's crazy how the mind does these things. And then there's all kinds of mechanisms re regarding the fears. Uh, but basically, the mechanisms involve constructing some kind of barrier. Uh, or... In the cases, some in you know the other cases, opening a barrier, but closing another barrier. It, it depends too. Sometimes it, it is more about like opening barriers, like if if you're fear of missing out, you're opening reality barriers, but you're closing other reality barriers, because sometimes the uh, the self doesn't want to be seen at that point because you're 
trying to act a certain way to keep the people, these people that, that seem to do all these things that you love and that you want to do more and that, and that you want to see and that you want to, you know, whatever it is. And so you might shut yourself off. And that's a, that's a barrier. A barrier, uh, a layer keeping you from reality. Reality being you in this case. And so many different kinds of these fears that exist. A fear of... Uh, there's sometimes you have, might even have a fear of, of, of winning. Like, there's a fear of failure that people talk about, but there's also a fear of winning. Sometimes you're afraid that if you uh, do try, you might win. And if you do, that might make you famous and you're maybe afraid of speaking or you're afraid of uh, dealing with too many people or whatever it is, right? There's all kinds of fears. Uh, a fear of becoming unaware, becoming un unspiritual, a fear of becoming too egoic, a fear of uh, oneness, a fear of silence, a fear of a non-distraction world. You know, like, people... A lot of people are um, really, 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 really in this state where they are seeking distraction in life. Like, there's so many different distractions in the world, like TikTok and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and all these different companies and all these different platforms and uh, things that you can do that because of so many of those things, the mind can just distract itself, which, which, which uh, isn't. It can be another barrier against uh, learning deeper truths that you're afraid to learn for various reasons. Like maybe you um, are an alcoholic, or maybe you're addicted to the internet, and you and deep down you know this, but you're afraid to face it, and so you distract yourself. This kind of thing. There's all kinds of these kinds of mechanisms that exist. Uh, and I might go deeper into these mechanisms in, in other episodes. But the mind will always attempt to create a barrier between you, the, the you that you like, and reality. Or between you and yourself, or between you, or between you and another. You know, there's all kinds of different barriers that exist, and they're an attempt to create an illusion of permanency. And, and the reason why I, I, I say that these things are an attempt to create an illusion of permanency is because of the way the mind acts when those things fail, when those barriers fail inevitably, which they will. What happens? The mind gets sad, it gets annoyed, it gets angry, it gets depressed, it gets whatever it is, right? And the reason why is because it's not facing what is. It's not willing to realize these things. Or at the very least, understand that, it's not willing to understand that, uh, you know, these Things are going to fail. These barriers are going to fail at some point. 
Yeah, there's a there's a good phrase that I like that uh, Aaron Abke, A B K E, on YouTube uh, made. It was a couple of years ago, I think. Basically, the phrase is like, if your ego says something like, "If I get this thing, I'm going to be happy," or "If I get this thing, I'm going to be peaceful." If I uh, get this thing from this person, I'm going to find more love. Uh, you know, if I get to not clean for a day or two, I'm going to be peaceful and calm and happy. And there's a phrase that goes, so then what? What happens then? What happens after that? Because the truth is, is with, with all of this stuff, It's it's a dog chasing its tail. You're like a dog chasing your tail constantly. Have you ever seen the image of the uh, the serpent the serpent of that has a tail in its mouth? It's like a, there's like an uh, image of like a worm or a serpent with a tail in its mouth. Uh, from I think it was a dragon bone chair that was in there. It was a good book. It was a fictional book, but it was interesting. <clears throat> but anyways, that's what you are. You're chasing your tail constantly. Because what's going to happen is that you're going to... Maybe you're going to get that happiness. You know, if I get this car, I'm going to be happy. Oh, yay, I got this car. This is Something else is annoying, you know. If this person stops vacuuming the floor, I'm going to be happy. Oh, he stopped. It's quieter now. Or this person stops mowing the lawn. It's too loud. I'm going to be happy. No. <clears throat> if this person stops breaking glass, breaking the dishes, I'm going to be happy. You know, that, that happened. If, if I stop, you know, drinking alcohol, I'm going to be happy. You do that, and then the next thing comes. And then the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. The next thing you know, it's like 10,000 things you said this about. Throughout your entire life, you've probably said this about at least a couple of thousands of things. Uh, there's there's a kind of like a uh, understanding related to this when it comes to Buddhism called sansara. Basically, sansara is uh, what they call the karmic wheel, which is what I'm talking about, where... In their case, what they talk about is the uh, when when you're on this wheel, you are uh, a slave to birth and death. Like you will, if when you die, if you haven't overcome samsara, you will be born again. But if you have overcome samsara, you won't be or unless you decide to or whatever. I don't know if that's true, but I know for a fact that you were, if you. Uh, aren't aware and aren't willing to deal with this and see this properly, you're, you're going to be trapped in this scenario wheel of just keep chasing things, chasing things, right? There's so many different desires that, that or needs in the case of the mind, because it's needs or desires. And a mind, the mind likes to conflate needs with desires. Um, there's a big difference. But the mind... What it does is it does this with a lot of things. It says that if I get this, I'm going to be happy. But nothing is permanent. 
know, all these spiritual teachers, most of them, not all of them, I think, like, like I said, Eckhart Tolle and some others have talked about this, but a lot of these spiritual teachers have fallen into this trap as well, right? By saying, like, if, you know, if you seek enlightenment, if you find enlightenment, it's a permanent experience. You know, you're, you're never going to, it's never going to disappear. It's like, that's not how life works. Nothing in life is permanent. Some people will say that you never die. You just get reborn or you're, you change form. But even understanding that, that form is, is not permanent. Your body is not permanent. You, you will die. Maybe you will become a spirit or what Ra calls the mind-body-spirit complex or whatever, right? I mean, you already are that anyways, but <clears throat> maybe you could become more aware of it, right? But that's a different form. That's a changed form. You're no longer just the body. You're no, you're longer mostly the body. You have a different form than you're maybe mostly spirit now, right? And so everything is about change. There's one quote that I like from uh, Conversations with God that says, the only the one unchanging thing about life is that life is always changing. And so if you are seeking to find this like peak state of enlightenment and stay there, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Maybe you can stay there for like a week, a month, a year, two years, three years, but eventually it will fail. You're going to not be as enlightened as you were. Because your mind, or because life changes, the mind changes, the body changes. <laughs> And this might be like a sad thing to you. Like you're going, no, David, but I want peace to forever be with me and I want to always be joyful. Um, well, <laughs> I, I don't actually disagree. I think you can be peaceful and joyful, forever peaceful and forever joyful. No, but mostly peaceful, mostly joyful, like for, for most of your life, most of the day, most of the week, most of the month, most of your life, I think that's definitely a possibility. But to say that you're always going to be peaceful, always going to be loving, you're going to be setting yourself up for failure, for disappointment, because you're not going to get that. I don't care what you do, how what you try. There's always going to be a time where you're going to be less peaceful, and then your mind's going to go, no. Where was that peace that I had before? It was way peaceful, way more peaceful. Or that same same thing with joy. No, where was that joy that I had before? I was way more joyful. And then you got to chase more joy. More and more and more and more and more. And you're not going to... And and if you do this with struggle, with, with fear, where it's like, I don't want to lose this, no... You're going to struggle. You're going to find yourself in negativity.
you know, I think there's two ways of, of doing this. Because I don't think that it's about, like, saying that all... Um, I don't think it's about, like, realizing th- this and going, Oh, man, all things are meaningless. All things are pointless. This is sad. This is whatever. Because that's not true anyways. Meaninglessness has nothing to do with um, being sad. Like, nihilists think that meaninglessness is about being sad. Like, it's, it's it's a bad thing that meaninglessness is a thing. Oops. But that's not what it means. Meaninglessness, ultimate, ultimate meaninglessness is ultimate neutrality. What, is, what, is, what the hell does ultimate neutrality mean? It, it means that any... It means basically that there's no meaning. Which means that there's no emotion. There's no judgment. There's no fear. There's no love. But only what is. Right here. In this very moment. Without your thoughts about it, without your concepts about it, without your uh, meanings that you draw about it, without your uh, ideas about it, your concepts, your emotions, your uh, understandings. Just this right here. That's what ultimate meaninglessness is has nothing to do with things being bad or sad or horrible or hopeless. Well, I guess you could say hopeless because hopeless hope is a, an imagination thing. Hope is a fantasy. If it happens, great, but if it doesn't, you're, you're basically just uh, deluding yourself. You're, you're imagining things that... And that's, that's another kind of meaning. But hopelessness is not sadness. It's not a it's not a desolate state. It's not a depressive state. Pure hopelessness is right here. Uh, pure meaninglessness is That's what it is. That's what it meaninglessness is. Meaningless is not an emotion. It's not a state. It's what real reality really is. But because we are so intimately, most of us are so intimately connected with our meanings about what life is, we we can't see that right now. And this is this is something true for myself here as well. But I can understand this conceptually. Um, I talk about this in the episode, Understanding the Meaningless, uh, 
basically I talked about how what I've noticed would happen with nihilism, the uh, concepts and understandings from nihilism is that actually this kind of, this kind of got, it goes back into the permanency problem as well in some ways. Because what I've uh, understood about nihilism and the problem with nihilism is that what what it does, it has it has the uh, situation mostly correct, but it says that life is meaningless. Life is impermanent, you know, therefore life is meaningless. But then it goes a step further and creates meaning out of that and says, this is saddening, this is depressing. That's what most people kind of do with nihilism, I've noticed. But that's not nihilism, that's a meaning that you're putting on reality. That's not, that's not a meaninglessness. That would be like telling you, that would be like telling you that I think life is meaningless and saying that, but I am happy because of this and this and this, or be, but that uh, reality means this. Whatever that is, like reality means that we are, you know, in a dog-eat-dog world. We need to survive, whatever it is, right? But that's not, that's not what meaninglessness is. True meaninglessness is beyond emotion, beyond thought, beyond words, beyond concepts, beyond images. It's this right here. With all, without all those things, without your meanings, without your story about it, without what you think reality is, without without what you hope reality is, without what you think you know about what reality is or isn't, that's meaninglessness. But that's boring. That's ultimately boring. And that's the kind of meaning that I'm putting on meaninglessness, to be fair. I want to be honest about that. But that's boring. It's called completely boringness. Because if you if you uh, created that state right now, if you try to create that, it would feel very bland. Like there would be very little or no emotion there. And there would be no uh, sense of There'd be no sense of adventure when it comes to thinking or doing things. Uh, there'd be no story. I talked about how the story is wrong and how it's, you know it can hurt you, but no story would be equally problematic and honestly it would be boring. It would be so boring. Because... When you have no meaning, when you put no meaning onto life and to reality, you stop having passions, desires, uh, emotions. Uh, you stop trying to put concepts onto reality and to life and yourself or others. You stop doing all of that, and there's nothing there except the 
here-ness or the existingness of reality, the existingness of reality. That's what it is. That's what ultimate meaningless is. That's what ultimate meaninglessness is. Uh, and so why I say that um, nihilism uh, goes into this problem of permanency as well has the same problem is because the reason why I think it creates a sort of sadness is because the mind is still um, trying to create a permanency. It's trying to, it hopes for or is um, sad that that permanency is now lost and forever lost. Now you realize that there is no permanency. Not all of your illusions of trying to keep things permanently the way they are or the way the mind wants them to be will fail. And now, now the mind realizes this. But also realizes that all attempts to uh, put meaning and purpose into life fails. Because, of it, you know, most people are going to disappear, they're going to die, and they're not going to be remembered in 200, 300, 1,000 years, 400,000 years. 200, 200, even maybe even like 200 years from now. But that's not a sad thought to me at all. It might be to you, but that's because you seek uh, happiness and meaning and purpose through outside events like success. Or love, or whatever it is. And that's that's sad to me because then because you seek that and because you crave that, you're gonna constantly struggle. Now it doesn't mean that you don't seek things in the outer world. Like if you want. Uh, to be to get gain more money if you want a you know, better job that's fine right but I wouldn't try and uh, base my sense of happiness on this I would try and be happy now with what is or not necessarily with what is but be happy now you know there's no, no need to base your happiness off of what is or isn't here Uh, I want to go into this in another episode because this is something that is really, really, really important and is often kind of like missed. Um, and this is something that the law of attraction people get right. I don't really think that you're like attracting money into li your life when you're doing this, but I don't really think it matters. Because it's not about the money, it's about the experience of life. Like if you're doing things, if you... If you uh, end up getting more money in a job. You know, that may satisfy you for like a week. Two weeks at most. Maybe a year. Uh, there's actually been studies that have shown that like people who 
uh, get a million dollars or any kind of money if they're get uh, any anybody who gets a raise uh, above sixty thousand, it equalizes in a year. So their their happiness may increase for like a year, but it comes comes back to the normal rate that it was before. And if you end up with in an, in an accident where you end up being crippled, they've found that their happiness equalizes to about what it was after that in a year. Maybe a little bit less, but it's about basically the same, more or less. Uh, so, at a certain point, it's not about money. It should never be, it should, it should never have been about money to this extreme that we have it now with society. Because it's not that money is bad. So this is one thing I think religion gets right but wrong. Because they point out that money uh, it, it causes problems. It's, it, it's a corruption force. It, it's a sin. They say it's, it's a sin, right? It's, it's a sin. It's bad. But really what I, what I think they're trying to point to, the wisdom that's pointing to, is that money and over-reliance on money for your happiness or for... Uh, you know, society is good. Only money is uh, is problematic. It causes a lot of problems for you and others. Because then you're not... Uh, you're not going to be happy for very long. And you're going to be... You're probably going to be very shallow in some ways. That's why we have a very shallow society. Very little um, morals, very little um, deep conversations like I'm doing here. And it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. It's not like I'm saying, oh, no, you should have more morals. It's more like this is, this is like a direct result of what is, of what um, our obsession with things like money and fame and unawareness gets us. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that you're bad for wanting less awareness or more money or want for more fame. I think at times less awareness can be useful. But if you over-rely on that for your happiness, for your peace of mind, if you over-rely on anything uh, in the outside world or any event or any... Uh, technique that doesn't revolve around the inner world of yourself, your mind, your, your body, your spirit, then you're going to you know, have a lot of these problems, a lot of imbalances, and you're going to struggle constantly. You're going to suffer. But it is what it is. I hope you enjoyed this one, and I will talk to you later because I think this episode is getting way too long anyway. So I'm gonna end it here, in case it gets like ridiculous. So I'll talk to you in the next one.